You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Okay, so we're going to pursue our pursuit of the second chapter of Maser Shemi. And we're going to come back to a plant that we've dealt with before, actually, in the Mishnah of Trumot. The Karshina, which is translated in all the translations I looked at as a vetch. Now, here's a picture of a vetch. And the point about a vetch is that, generally speaking, this is animal food. It's manure, it's livestock fodder, it's a rotation crop, it's something you plow into the ground. But if it's necessary, you can eat it as human food. So it's both a human food and an animal food. So it falls, if you like, a little bit on the boundary of what is edible. Remember, we said that Marcer Chemi has to be edible. So it falls on the boundary of being edible. And we learnt this remark from Rabbi Yossi when we learnt Trumot. When did they decree about vetches? Rabbi Yossi says during a famine. So during a famine, clearly this is human food, but generally, it's animal food. This is going to be really important when we, because we're going to look at one other principle of this masachet, which comes, by the way, from the first pasuk we learned. The whole masar aretz miserah aretz mi priha eats all the tithing of the land from the seed of the land or from the tree. And by the way, deride this this verse. I think will be used deride to show that real masar sheni is just grain or things from trees or wine for that matter. But the inclusion of vegetables are rabbinic. But it is all Kodesh Lashem. It's all holy. And when we bring it to Jerusalem, we're going to eat it in a state of Tahara. We're going to eat it in a state of purity. So in other words, we need to stay away from creepy crawlies. Or we need to purify ourselves by going to a a mikvah, or if we've come into contact with a dead body, we purify ourselves with the ash, with the ashes of the, the red heifer. We need to be in a state of purity when we eat this food. And so does the food. We need to protect the food from tumor. And so a lot of the discussions we're going to come up against are going to focus on this issue. But And so with the vetches. So let's go to the vetches. Let's pick up a veggie. We're going to pick up um, pick up our mission four. Karshine masar sheni. These are the veggies. Veggies of second tithe. Yachlu simchonim. They're eaten when they're tender, and that's this is parallel to the third missioner about fenugreek. Remember, we learned yesterday. Tiltan shel masar sheni teachel simchonim. It's the same language. It's a parallel missioner. This stuff, when it's nice and green and tender, apparently is attractive to eat. At that point, it really is human food. And you can bring them into Jerusalem. But this is where the animal fodder really comes into itself. We can take it out again. Normally, you bring Maser Sheni into Jerusalem, but you don't take it out. These, these vetches, they're kind of they're halfway between animal food and human food. So we can bring them in, but we can also take them out. 
And if they become unclean, nitmu, what are we going to do? So what are we going to do if they become unclean? Because we can't eat them. Clearly, we can't eat them as in a state of purity if they become unclean. And there are a number of solutions. Rabbi Tarfon says, Rabbi Tarfon says, We could break them up and, and, if you like, mix them up in dough. And we learnt in the Mishnah Trumot that if we break them up into pieces which are less than an egg full egg size, then they don't make the dough, uh, they don't pass on their Trumot to the dough. So we could break them up and bake them. Um, and the Chachamim say, look, why don't we just redeem them? We could redeem them for money. And then we're going to learn the Halacha for Trumot. We're going to go back over the the, the what we learned in in the mission in the Mishnah Trumot, if they're truma, so they got a different category because the, the truma has to be given to Kohen, right? So Beit Shammai says that you can soak them and rub them in a state of purity, but you can give them as food to an animal in a state of impurity. So Beit Shammai is making a distinction between the vetches as animal food and as human food. Beit Hillel is saying you're going to soak them in a state of purity because that is when they're really wet and you can rub them as, and give them as food to an animal in a state of impurity. And, Sh- and Shammai himself, this is now not Beit Shammai, but Shammai himself says, eat them dry. Don't get them wet. And Rabbi Akiva, who's the most lenient, says, look, kol masehen betumai. You, it, this is basically, he, Beit, Rabbi Akiva is saying, this is animal food. So you can do whatever you like to them. In a state of impurity. The Mishnah is now go on to is now going to go on and talk about mixtures. And again, we're going to recognize these because we've learnt the Mishnah Trumot. And we learnt about what happens where Truma and Chol gets mixed together. But remember, we discussed yesterday the fact that in terms of Maser Sheni, very often the Maser Sheni is exchanged for money. We're going to take the money to Jerusalem. And money can really easily be mixed up because it all looks the same. And what are you going to do? You've got a pile of money that just got mixed up with a pile of Maser Sheni. What are you going to do? Well, we hope, and this mission assumes, by the way, that you know how much Maser Sheni you've got. And it says, Mush. You know, okay, fine. So you've got coins on the ground. You can just pick up coins until you've completed the quantity of Master Sheni and the rest is Chulim. What if they're all mixed up and they're all scattered on the ground? And so at the point you just take them up in handfuls, at that point, the Mishnah says, you should understand the proportion of Master Sheni and the proportion of Chol. And then if you take up a handful, if you know, if you started off as two-thirds Maser Sheni and one-third Chol, every time you take up a handful, you split the handful. And that's the general rule. What's, what is picked up individually, I've, I've translated as gleaned here. What's picked off one by one, first must be given to Maser Sheni. What is just all mixed up is just divided up according to proportion. What about a seller of Maser Sheni that was mixed up with a seller of Schulin. So you've got two silver coins here. 
And this is a major issue because you want to take the, the seller, the, the, the seller of Chol, you might want to take out of Jerusalem on your way home, but the seller of Master Sheni has to stay. And you don't know which is which. And I, I guess you could make the declaration, look, let this coin be uh, redeemed for Master Sheni if it's if it's um, let, let this coin be redeemed for the other one if it's Maser Sheni and let it if it's Chol let it be Chol so maybe you could just select one of the silver coins but the sages are really unhappy about exchanging silver for silver and the Mishnah proposes a two-stage swap for copper so we're going to take a bunch of copper coins that are worth one seller and we're going to say, let the seller of Maser Sheni, wherever it may be, be exchanged for these coins. At this point, we're not exchanging the seller. We're just making the declaration. Then we can take the better of the two silver coins and change them for the copper. And the principle in the Mishnah is that we can change silver for copper in, in case of necessity, not to leave it. But we're not allowed to change it for silver that sages will not have us change silver for silver but i guess because that you know we we've already said right that we can't sell master Sheni. we can redeem it for something else i think the principle behind this is that if you're exchanging your silver for silver that's more like a financial transaction it's not like exchanging your wine for it's not like exchanging your wine for, for, for money or your grain for money. There's something that is too financial about exchanging silver for silver. And we're going to see as the Mishnah develops that these financial questions are incredibly important. And they're going to dominate more or less the next, uh, the end of this chapter of the Mishnah. And they're going to come through the next, the next chapter as well. So we'll come back to more of these tomorrow afternoon. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.